Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Emke. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors right off the top of the show here. Yeah. XDP is your one-stop shop for power and performance. Definitely check out xdp.com for all of your diesel performance needs. Yeah. And Duramax Tuner, you know, uh, data-driven results. Provide tuning and turbocharger drop-ins for all your truck's needs. We, uh... We love them a lot. <laughs> Exergy Performance. Not that they write our checks. Right, right, right. <laughs> Nothing like that. Um, <laughs> Exergy Performance, engineered fuel system performance leaders. If you're looking for something in the common rail fuel space, uh, fuel system space, they are who the top performers and the big hitters trust. That's yeah. who we trust as well. WC Fab, all of your fabrication needs, traction bars, turbo kits, intercooler piping. Uh, they could be your one-stop shop for you know all the the customization and colorful uh, colorways that you could get on your truck. Absolutely, and of course, calibrated power. Uh, also, really, it's tractor tuning season, so I want to make yeah. sure we brought up <laughs> calibrated power specifically. We're starting to see farmers get out there and ramp up in the fields. It's crazy. Uh, are starting to get out there and ramp up to get out in the fields, yeah. uh, and tuning is a big component for that. Tell you so. what, man. Last week or two, weather's gotten a little nicer, and yeah. the tractor calls, man. They're they're getting heavy. Everyone's so. getting out in the shed, yeah. taking a look and thinking, what are they going to do for this? <laughs> this year, so make tuning a part of that plan. Uh, today, Chris, we do have a great show put together. We're going to hear from Anthony Brunetti with Diesel Industry okay. News, and of course, uh, we'll touch base with our remote support expert, Sean Lynn. And then we have our Super Tech segment with Jeremy Garnett. I know he's got a pretty good topic for us today. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, you and I are going to be discussing two upgrades your 2020 or 2021 diesel needs. And I originally thought of this as like just a Duramax example or a Power Stroke, but we realized, hey, we have enough time. Uh, we thought we'd go over each one of them and kind of set the stage for like, hey, we know what your first upgrade is. I think most people know what your first upgrade should be. But if you're looking for more out of your truck, there's usually something else that can go along with that that can complement that together. Yeah, I think, you know, when you think of trucks as a whole, we've done a bunch of budget build episodes, right? right. Where, you know, we're given so much money and we think of like an 01 to 10 truck and like you definitely modify an 01 to 10 truck in the Duramax world differently than you would a LML Duramax. Right. And the way you would modify an LML is generally differently than a, you know, 1719 L5P and then... You get into the 10 speeds with some of these trucks, you know, <laughs> it, it changes the, the game a little bit more. So, um, you know, these uh, these these builders or these companies, the manufacturers, they've evolved. You know, trucks come with lift pumps now and, yeah. you know, different things like that. So, you know, the the necessities of upgrades, you know, they, they tend to change over the generation of the truck. Absolutely. So we, we kind of thought about some parameters. Like, okay, if we're going to say here's the best upgrades or here's the upgrades you need, to us, those things need to to include performance. We need to add right. These performance are performance vehicle, upgrades. Right? These aren't wheels and tires and lift kits. Like, listen, a lot of trucks need that stuff list. too. <laughs> window tint is the number one. You get the vehicle, you window tint. I don't care what you say, but Wrong. these, yes, these are more of your, um, you know, your, your performance reliability needs. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so we wanted to keep like, hey, you have a daily driver here. You have something that you're going to tow with here. You care about getting the best bang for your buck, right? Like you're not, we're, we didn't write up a package to say engine build. Like right. that's, just this, that's not going to be your first upgrade or the upgrade you absolutely need. Yeah. Uh, and really, of course, we're just kind of basing everything on our experience. What we've seen yeah. here at the shop, what we've worked with with customers. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's the best advice we could give about what is the best upgrade or what is the upgrade you need on your truck today? How do you get the windshield experience enhanced to the best of its ability without spending a ton of money? Yeah, right. that's it, man. Uh, I'll kick us off. On the Duramax, um, this was an easy one. Number one, of course, should be switch on the fly tuning. You're, you're lying. You're going to get custom tuning. You're going you're gonna to... 
likely, most likely, you're going to use your steering wheel for the switch controls. But there oh. are certain trucks and yeah. guys that want to do the hardware switch that's now available. Yeah. Um, but essentially, you're looking at like 150 horsepower over stock on the on the big tune. More importantly, you're probably going to drive in that like 100, 120 horsepower over stock um, street tune, and that's that's going to be a total difference in your vehicle. Uh, that's going to make it feel like an all-new truck. You're going to, if you've had it for a few years or had it for a year, year and a half now, um, you're going to fall in love with your truck again. This is going to drive the way you expected that 400 horsepower to drive from the factory, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so that that's an easy first one to kind of tow into. I think you know with, with the 10-speed trucks, you know, there's uh, there's kind of this pattern, right? You, you tune the engine and in the older trucks, engine tuning generally came before trans tuning. Always. So, yeah. you know, with the new 10 speeds, you tune the engine, you know, you're getting good power out of it. The drivability is definitely enhanced, but the transmission, even in the 10 speeds are ever so slightly <laughs> off. Um, to anyone who don't, don't know, 10 speed tuning isn't necessarily available just yet. There isn't transmission control support, yeah. um, but there is a, a, a shift kit, I guess that is now available through Ratio Tech. Uh, we've been doing some testing here in house. That's we awesome. have like six, 10 of those trucks floating <laughs> around right now. Yeah. Um, and what a night and day difference. It helps with uh, fluid flow through the valve body. It helps eliminate some of the defuel, the shift timing. It really keeps the transmission on its toes keeps the trans shifting really nicely around the torque curve of the motor. And in my opinion, it, it really does a nice job laying that power to the ground and harnessing it through the transmission in a more efficient manner. I, I honestly, Chris, so when we sat down and we talked about this list, uh, you know, things like cold air intakes, boost testers, turbo upgrades, all these things could have made the list here yeah. because an L5P comes with a really strong platform. Yeah. You got a great fuel system that you're, you're most likely never gonna have to mess with. Um, but you start to look at like, okay, well, what is the best bang for my buck? Bang for your buck, right. And, and and that's really what drew me back to this this idea of the shift kit over something like a cold air intake. Cold air intake's like 350, right. 400 bucks, something like that. Shift kit, it's going to be a more significant level of investment, but what you're going to get out of it is gonna impact every single day, mm -hmm. every single throttle input, every single driving scenario. It just, to me, it made more sense as an overall better upgrade for you. Well, I think too, you know, like generally at the shop when it comes to the Duramaxes, we don't recommend necessarily doing an intake until you do like a turbo upgrade. Sure. And I wouldn't recommend the turbo upgrade unless you have tuning and unless you have the shift kit for the 10 speed. So there's this, this, uh, these steps and procedures in, yeah. in which you modify the truck. And we're talking about the number two upgrades to do to any of your 2020 plus truck. Tuning in the 10-speed kit. This, that, that's it. Then you build off of that. That's right. Uh, how about the Cummins? Walk us through it, man. If I got a 2020 man, or 2021 tuning, Cummins. You know, once again, tuning is number one. You know, I think you're going to find this common theme amongst all three platforms that if you want to do anything that's going to improve drivability and the responsiveness of the truck, um, change up how the transmission reacts, tuning. Yeah. You know, tuning is the number one thing, and you, there's a lot of value in that with you, these trucks. You can't beat the dollar per horsepower. No, There's likely not. no other upgrade you're going to put on the truck no. that's going to have such a low cost per horsepower mm -hmm. gained. Um, so if you're just looking at simple math, you're always going to do tuning first. Maybe you could, could help our audience out with what do you feel about the difference on like box programmers that are available for these Cummins? Mm -hmm. uh, like maybe say something like a Pedal Monster is pretty, pretty popular mm -hmm. these days. And I'm not going after them specifically, but but throttle boosters I mean, um, compared to doing custom tuning, where's the bang for the buck there? I think let, let, we'll, we'll back it up a little bit. I would say 
Tuning in general is going to help the experience in how the truck operates. Right. right. If you did the pedal monster, um, I know Banks has their like Derringers for a couple of the platforms. Um, Edge has products. You know, yeah. there, there's other box style programmers, but they're very minimal in what the tuner is capable of manipulating in the ECM. Right. Okay. So when we're talking about you know custom tuning versus box programming. Both options are going to help with throttle response. Both options are going to help with, you know, just how the truck comes into its power band. The difference is, is custom tuning is going to be able to shape in how how that truck comes into its torque curve and, and how it operates within a wider range. Right. Okay. Um, but I think the more and most important thing is air-fuel ratio control. Um, when we think of these newer trucks, we think of emissions, and we think about when we tune these trucks, generally, is a truck going to blow more black smoke? Is it more fuel-heavy, fuel-sensitive, that kind of thing? Um, and when you do custom calibrations, you have the ability to actually control air-fuel ratio through Lambda. Right. So you actually have the ability to create all this awesome power <laughs> that you're known <laughs> from having on the old trucks while being able to keep the truck reliable in the, in the in the process. Do you know where I first really got my head around this concept was being around tractor tuning. Yeah. So tractors uh, have had better monitoring, better gauges, better internal monitoring systems much longer than pickup trucks yeah. have. Uh, and much more robust and much more available to the end user so mm -hmm. guys can see just a really a wider array of data around their operation, right? There's there's a lot that goes into those. Um, and, and what we saw was that there's this huge problem with unmetered fuel. And, and that's a lot of like what we're talking about. We're talking about Lambda control, right? Is, is does my engine know how much fuel is being used? Because everything that happens after that is all related to that number. Oh. So as soon as I start tricking my ECU into sending more fuel under whatever circumstance or through whatever method, and the rest of my computer isn't aware of that, the scaling, the skewing, everything has a potential for problems. And, and that's where we see custom tuning. I think, now, I think you nailed that on the head, is having that lambda control and being able to measure what your air-fuel ratio is and control your air-fuel ratio, that's gonna give you, as the end user, the result of not having your DPF plug up more often than what it did stock. That's gonna give you the advantage of not wasting a bunch of fuel to create heat instead of using the horsepower on the ground, things well, like that. Now we'll go to the pedal monster, right? Or there's other throttle sensitivity boosters yeah. that are out there. You put a throttle sensitivity booster, all that's doing is scaling how the throttle responds to the signal to the ECM. So let's say without the throttle sensitivity booster in the mix, you apply the throttle 25%, the ECM is gonna see 25%. Right. Now, me just talking about this, it, it really doesn't have any effect until you think about what the trans sees. Right. So transmissions are going to shift by torque output, RPM, throttle input. So now, if I have a throttle sensitivity booster and I apply that same 25% input on the throttle, well, the ECM will actually see, you know, sometimes 45, 55%. Well, once you get to 50, 60%, that throttle is actually that position is telling ECM it's 100. Right. So you get into this perspective of, I'll have guys that they'll call in saying their transmissions are shifting very inconsistently. <laughs> um, and that that's something that's scary. I mean, you know, yeah. any of the guys watching or listening, we're talking about modifying an eighty to $100,000 truck these days. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, tuning isn't cheap on any of these vehicles either, but the, the truck cost is very expensive and repairs are very expensive. So would you want to invest money into a truck that you're basically tricking the truck into doing what it needs to? 
or would you rather invest money into gaining drivability and power out of the truck, but the truck can knowledgeably know what it's doing. Right. It physically knows right. it's metering its fuel, it knows its throttle percentage, it knows the temperatures, the heat, the coolant temperature, it knows everything that it's doing right. just as it would OEM. I, I, that's such a great point about, think about how much engineering and parts have been put into these vehicles over the years. Yeah to enhance communication across yeah. different operations. Not to shut it off and try and it. And <laughs> to go on the first thing you do when you tune it is you're like, meh, block that signal. Right. Uh, th those are the things that I, I think you nailed that on the head, right? That, that's why we, we definitely, all of our recommendations are gonna start with custom tuning. What's the second upgrade I should do if I got a 2020, 2021 you know, uh, Cummins? I'm gonna split this up just a hair differently. Okay, okay? please. Um, because the Cummins, they come with two different transmissions from the factory, right. okay? If you're a 68 RFE owner, a valve body upgrade, bar none, we deal with RevMax over at the yeah, shop. So good. Um, it's one of those things where if guys are either A, looking for a little extra power, the valve body is a necessity, or if you're looking for just a good, robust upgrade from where the factory valve body lies, uh, an upgraded valve body is going to help eliminate the potential of uh, fluid transferring, so the, the fluid crossing over into different pathways where it's not needed, right. which could cause some trans flaring and things like that. Um, but one of the other things that I think from a reliability perspective, and again, because the fifth gens are so unique, because 19 is a fifth gen, 1920s, right. and they came with a CP4. So a, a 1920 truck, I always say, let's do a system saver from Exergy. Okay, okay. makes sense, that's um, a no-brainer. It's a good insurance policy for the CP4 pump. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, it's the valve body for, you know, the 68 RFE guys. And if you're in a 21 and like, let's say it's a high output, you have a CP3. The transmission can definitely handle the added power, um, you know. So for that, you know, may, maybe you're going to throw an intake. Uh, it's not needed, but I maybe, was going to say, yeah. Maybe so that's what you're going to so do. So I know we had some pushbacks on the late, the fourth gens yeah. with the Cummins about running intakes. Um, that without a turbo, losing power, is that still? I, I don't know if I would say lose power. I, I would definitely say on the dyno, we saw very similar power numbers. Okay. Um, outside of factory turbo, like with my old uh, setup on my 15, where it right. had compounds, uh, we did before and after tests with different air boxes and the, the truck didn't lose any power. Okay. So okay. I always try to tell guys, you know, if, if you want to hear more of the, the turbo noises, you know, throw an intake <laughs> on there. It's awesome, you know? I right, mean, yeah. You, you Sound definitely matters. want to hear, hear the turbo. It's but, a part uh, of the decision. You know, I, I would say generally when you do a turbo upgrade is, you know, generally when I would say, hey, let's throw an intake on there. That way we're not potentially starving the turbo of air in a right. higher demand okay. type. Yeah, if we're going to peak operation. it out, if you're going to push it to its limit, exactly. give it every opportunity you can for it to, exactly. to, for it to perform well. I like that. All right, uh, power strokes. I'll dive in here. 2021 power strokes. You're doing a bench flash ECM tune. Uh, so the ECM's coming out. It's going to go into the shop. It's going to get bench flashed. Uh, and then TCM tuning can actually be done with EasyLink, which is pretty cool. Yep. So you're able to like just ship you the hardware for that. We do everything with your phone. Uh, that's a no-brainer. That's one of those, again, it, it's got the bang for the buck. It's the full custom I mean, tuning. This it's is the, the highest horsepower the truck, too. Like These trucks baseline <laughs> 440 wheel horsepower from what we've seen on our dyno. Yep. In tune only, they make 590, 595. Like, <laughs> we're we're talking another 40 horsepower over the Duramax. We're yeah. talking almost you know, 80, 90 horsepower over the Cummins. Uh, again, we've talked. I'm not a Ford guy, but th dude, the trucks Same. are freaking impressive. Same. It's it's so hard to get around. And honestly, I, I feel like the second mod here is, is almost, again, a throwaway where on the 2021s, we're away from the CP4. Right. Right? Uh, on the 2021s, 
You're, like, you, you would reasonably do your engine and trans tuning together on this. It would be a single package, so it's really not two upgrades. Yeah. Um, you don't need to build the transmission in them. You can do a cold air intake. Uh, I think there's going to be pretty mild levels of success on tuning and cold air intake. I think it, if, um, you're, if you're max power, you know, we've seen it on the 17, 18 yeah. trucks, the intake is good for a couple horsepower. I it, think it's, it's really there. how you're yeah, driving the truck. It is. You know? If you care about getting every last bit out of it, the, the performance, that first qualifier we talked about in the beginning, this will this will have some sort of measurable impact. I'm, How I'm much a whole, of a measurable impact? I have a hole burning, I have money burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, what right. What can right. I spend money on? The intake. I bought tuning point. last month, and now I'm ready for something else. Okay, the, wife, the intake the will work. gave me the allowance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I already got wheels and tires the, on it, so. The intake will work there. That, that, that's where I say, like, that second upgrade on the Power Stroke is kind of a toss-away. If you wanted to do... A, a boost tester kit. If you wanted to do something else that's mild along those lines, tools, preventive things sure. like that, now that'll work. I want to just say, me being a listener to this podcast episode and thinking about one to two things, like it's not that impressive. I had an LB7 that had a built trans and an intake horn, and it had a fuel lift pump, and it had a turbo upgrade and tuning. So you, so spent, you spent how much money? I mean, let, let's just say that type of budget, you know, do it in stages. Let's say 10,000 if you're lucky. You now have 500 horsepower. Right. Uh, you know, it has a turbo. Okay, we're, we're, we're 600. We're 600, so, all right? Okay, sure. All of these trucks, granted these trucks are heavier, right? The trucks are a little bit more durable, capable of towing different payloads, whatnot. But these trucks are all going to make in that 550 range right. with two simple upgrades. Very easy <laughs> to return back to stock, by the way, yeah. you know? So... You know, it's it's impressive to see all of these trucks all baseline 400 wheel horsepower plus. Yeah. Right. Torque is impressive to say. They're that, all you know, near, not 800 to 1,000, right? Whatever you know, it is. and then you can tune only any of these trucks and be you know north of 500 wheel horsepower. They're monsters. It's and they feel impressive. like monsters. They it they is. also like even because we've driven Bro, some of the base model well, stuff. We just did the video last week. Right. With the, with the I build my diesel truck. Yeah. It a little bit higher of a power wow. level, but so refined. It, it's it feels like nothing as opposed to like when I'm in a 600 horsepower LB7, um, I've used the oh shit handle. <laughs> I had to in the passenger seat while you were driving. I get it. I get it. Um, but the, but that that's one of those where, where it is it is funny to call out like, oh, you dump 10 grand, yeah. 15 grand into upgrades to yeah. get 600 horsepower out of, God, I mean, even an LMM or an LBZ, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like you'd still be that era of 01 to 10, you yeah, know, 01 to 10 in general. So, you know, as we're going through this, it, it's just, it's something that I take a step back and I think like, damn, I know what I did modification-wise to make, you know, 550, 600 horse in my 0759 yeah. or in my LB7 when I had that. And uh, I know what I deal with with customers, you know, and granted, there's certain people are going to do certain things, right? Like, it, we're talking an $80,000, $90,000 truck. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's it, a lot of money. It feels like a lot of money to us because when we were younger, a brand new truck was probably fifty-five. Yeah, no, it, my, I my dad... I sold an LLY at the dealership in 05 with employee pricing for 55000 employee my, price. My father in, in 01, it was, a, it was a gasser. It was a six-liter with 2500 yeah. HD. 34,000 out the door. Right. You know, for a brand new, you know, it was, it was last year's model, but it was a brand new truck. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where the, the dollar per horsepower is a much better bang for your buck with the newer platform than it is the older trucks. But, interesting. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there there's more moving parts. It's not as simplistic. And honestly, I find myself as I get a little older, you have these eras of vehicles. Like, 
I'm an 0607 guy. I like those vehicles for whatever that reason <laughs> yeah, is. You know, you yeah, resonate yeah, with, with yeah. a certain era. I need that third gen coming. You know? how, how many Duramax guys talk to us about the cat eyes? Oh, I love them cat oh, eyes. Yeah, or man. bubble nose. Yep, yep, yep. I never, I I was never nostalgic about the bubble nose oh, I love front it. eye. I, love I, I don't. A bubble nose over a cat eye any day. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It looks goofy. It, it, it looks to me like what I remember shitty cars looking like. You're talking to someone who likes it's, first gen Dodges. Right, so. <laughs> That's like all that needs wheels, to be said, up? right? That's all that <laughs> needs to be said. No, no, but 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 you're right. There is there is this kind of push and pull on it about like, well, what am I getting it for? What am I going to get out of it? Right? When you're in a newer truck, we assume that you're going to put on a hundred thousand miles a year, pretty much at a minimum, right? Because you got the truck to live in the truck, or there's mostly, from what we've seen, mostly commuting and some towing, yeah. and, and that that makes a lot of sense, right? Like I want to be able to tow something with ease without ever having to worry about it, and I got a badass truck to tow with. And hey, I still want to do these upgrades because I want it to feel lighter when I drive it every day. I want to get I want a little bit better like fuel mileage. Yeah. I want it to drive like my older truck, but I want the newer amenities. I want the more reliable platform. And you know, you just you weren't in the position where you wanted to spend you know gobs of money on an older truck to, to sure. give it a second life. So yeah. That's <laughs> the truth of it. Well, I think we wrapped that up pretty well, Chris. Uh, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Stick around. We got more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you in just a moment. Hey, folks, we are here with our favorite uh, remote support expert, Sean Lynn. Sean, how the hell are you? Good. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited for today. I think we have a good one to talk about. Uh, Sean, you come on the show to talk with our audience about different troubleshooting issues you run into over on the customer service team with Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. Uh, today, what truck are we discussing? We are talking about a 21 L5P. Ooh, a new one. Okay, okay. I like it. Now, folks, uh, we've been talking a lot about the L5P today, and over the last few weeks, it's one of our favorite platforms. What is the uh, symptoms or the problem that you ran into first? It has to do with the ECM swap process to do the tuning, and basically the customer installed the ECM and then ran into some issues afterwards. Gotcha. So for an L5P, uh, if for some reason you don't know, uh, your ECM is locked. Uh, you can't flash it through the OBD2 port. You have to get an unlocked ECM uh, and then be able to flash it that way. So with that, uh, you actually are getting a, what looks like to you as the end user is a new ECM. Uh, you pull the old one out, you put the new one in. It sounds simple enough what went wrong. So um, I was able to walk the customer through the process because he wasn't super familiar with doing this. You know, nobody is the first sure. time around, right? Yeah. So we got everything installed on the truck and VIN number programmed, everything. And he wanted to go and start it and the truck wouldn't start. It would crank for two seconds and then it would stop. And I'm trying to think about, you know, what the possibilities could be because we just flashed the tunes, copied the VIN number and all that stuff. So I asked him to basically check the ECM connections to see if, you know, one of them wasn't fully seated, which does happen from time to time. And what we came to realize is that one of the connectors, I guess the guy pushed too hard or something, and he actually broke off all of the tabs on the ECM itself, on the modified ECM. Oh, no. And because of that, the large connector wouldn't seat fully on there, meaning that the truck can't communicate because the connector is not pushed down all the way. So there's like a cam lock and there's pins that line up to these little holes. And as you press down the cam lock and you go to um, actually hit the lock, 
uh, that'll seat everything so that all of the wires make connections and everything can communicate correctly. This was unable to do that. That's not an easy solution. That's something where you got to tell somebody, hey, your truck's basically a paperweight right now. What what did you end up doing for him? So uh, had a chat with our uh, our guy Jamie here and Tim, the guy that does all the tuning on these, and we came up with a solution. Basically, the guy needed another ECM okay. because we can't use the one with the broken tabs because it has no way to seat. And we got the new one out to him, and after flashing everything in the truck, we didn't have any issues. The only thing that was still an issue from before was he actually had some broken tabs in his ECM connector. It, had a, it made it so that the large connector could not fully seat still. Oh no. So after you know playing with a pick a little bit and getting those tabs out, he was able to make it seat properly so the truck communicated and ran as it should. Nice, and now he's happy and down the road. Yeah, we were on the phone for like two and a half hours <laughs> yesterday, so it was pretty fun. Not, not all the calls are short and easy. Uh, some of them take some of that dedication to get through, right? Yeah, it's something that we don't see very often here, but I guess the moral of the story is take your time with those ECM connectors because they can be tricky and you should never have to force them. Absolutely, good call. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us, folks. Uh, we are still going to hear from our from our favorite super tech, Jeremy Garnett, in just a moment. All right, folks, and we are here with our favorite super tech, Jeremy Garnett. Jeremy, how the hell are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Jeremy, we've had a chance to talk a lot about L5Ps today. And I think we're going to continue on here with you on the show. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we just went out. Uh, you and I talked about the shift kit install on that 10-speed Allison for that 21 yep. uh, L5P from I Build My Diesel. Then Chris and I went out and we did a ride-along in the truck. Yes. And it drove phenomenal. Right. Uh, cannot get over how great it was. I talked a little bit today with our uh, remote support expert, Sean Lynn, about troubleshooting an L5P ECM okay. install. But I thought we'd go back to the I Build My Diesel truck because there was a really cool component that you got to work on the other day. Yeah. Um, so I got to install a aftermarket DEF system. So as in a GDP product. Yep. And it's pretty cool, actually. You know, it's it, like <laughs> trying to say what I want to say. It's hard, but yeah. yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it is, it's an aftermarket DPF. Yeah. Uh, it's from GDP. I don't know that it's publicly for sale right now, but right. their name is on it and I have tons of pictures of it. So yeah. we're, we're going to say <laughs> um, now, now a normal DPF is your diesel particulate filter. Of right. course, it fills up with soot or excessive carbon that comes out of the exhaust. Uh, then it goes through a regen frequency or a regen cycle where it gets superheated and burns all of that carbon or that soot off. Right. Uh, and all that particulate matter is reduced to ash. Uh, and then that's supposed to blow out. Now, <laughs> right. DPFs <laughs> fail just over amount of over a certain amount of time. Whether oh, yeah. it's 100,000 or 400,000 miles, we don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> but they, they will eventually fail, as all parts will on your truck. Um, this one, though, had an opportunity where... Where we looked at right. a brand new DPF <laughs> straight from GM, like yeah. the whole exhaust, everything, it comes as one giant component, right? Yeah, from the all the way from the cat all the way to the tailpipe. I mean, so the end. So it, it looks straightforward enough, and then a couple of boxes showed up with the GDP DPF in it, and it's right. a very different setup. <laughs> yeah, very. Can you can very you describe small. it a little bit? <laughs> um, so the GDP product came as a three-piece kit. So it came with um, two. 
two actually filters, okay. so, so two matters, and then a, uh, two cones on each end. So you actually cut the one out as a complete unit, and then you install this one in three separate pieces. Yeah. Four separate pieces. Four separate pieces, right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so slick. So so the DPF is a completely closed filter, yep. right? So it's all welded into the exhaust. It's all one single piece. Um, and seeing you go in there and cut it and drop it down <laughs> is like, man, it feels like we don't do this. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. So <laughs> this, is a, this is how we handle DPF issues. Right. <laughs> but, but watching the new one go in uh, was really interesting about like the thought of like, well, if they sold it to you as just also a closed loop system, right. you could potentially have problems. Whereas in with this, you actually have like the cone goes on, the cone goes on, and then you put the two filters kind of in yep. between them right. and pull them <laughs> down with V-band clamps. And you pretty much hook up your pressure sensors. And yeah, EGT and a pressure sensor. EGT and a pressure sensor, and that's it. And then the nice part is, too, is like something happens, like in this case, like we want to know. Yeah. Like I could take half of it apart. Right. I could take the one half off, I could take the other half off, and I could look at both sides of each side of the of the DPF. Which so makes this serviceable. So <laughs> yeah. it means that no longer am I depending on, hey, after a million miles, all of the soot or all of the ash from right. the burnt off soot is going to pile up in your DPF and force it to fail. Well, now this is a situation where, hey, I could pop my filters out and right. see my filters. I could bake my filters. I could get new filters, whatever. I have some options about how to service right. this beyond just a complete replacement. Yeah. And then also I've been driving the truck the past couple of days trying to, okay, calculate mileage. So we had the factory DPF. Right. Okay. Seeing, okay, this is how long it takes from regen in this. So I want to know how long it's going to take to regen in this. If it's going to be shorter, longer, or, and then what my soot count is. Right. So that's what we're in the middle of now. What What is what is the early indicators with this? Are we going to be trapping as much soot as stock? Are um, we going to be going to regen so, as frequent as stock? So far, um, I'm a little bit shorter. Um, okay. As in, but it's the truck's just learning. Too. Right. So, I mean, I put the, I put it in. Yeah. First test drive, it was at 50. It automatically went into a regen. Okay. So, and then I put it another 100 miles on it, and then it went into a regen as well. But it's learning. Okay. So, I'm, I'm resetting that. So, within the next, you know, 200 miles, I'll know what the truck's actually going to do. Gotcha. Yeah, it's so. interesting to look at these ones. The DPF on an L5P is smaller than what we've oh seen. Oh my God! Yeah, it's, it's like half the size. Yeah. It, it seems like I don't, it's not a measurement, but right. it looks like about half the size. Um, this install too, there were a couple of challenges that went along with it. So, what were a few of the things that took a little bit longer than expected when doing this install? Um, well, being the first time, yeah. so the first time, no instructions. So right. it's like, okay, how does it go? Um, <laughs> two people you know like obviously you're doing a little bit of video it's like okay sure. trying to hold the gasket the clamp and then the pieces together so yeah. that's probably one of the hardest parts about it and then making sure that the cones on each end are straight before you weld it together right, right so right. yeah so there is a bit of welding involved right so you're yep. going to weld the cones onto the uh exhaust underneath the truck so yep. you get the truck up in the air to do this yes i, I doubt you're going to I'm sure somebody out there is going to be winging it in the driveway, but it's going to suck. Right. That way. I'm sure it's possible, but you don't want to if you don't have to. Um, what would you say comparison-wise, like to just doing the standard OE DPF replacement compared um, to doing this? Do you think like with an experienced mechanic who's done a handful of both, which one do you think will be quicker? I'd say the same time. Um, okay. About the same time. I mean, especially an experienced person. Right. I mean, someone could be like, okay the same time 
uh, like I you know, spoke to you off camera. Yeah. It's, uh, now the GDP you have to replace, take out two sensors. You know, the pressure sensor, the EGT. Okay. Doing the whole thing, you have to take out five sensors. And then you have to replace a gasket, you know, hardware, okay. stuff like that. Anytime uh, we have to take sensors out of exhaust, which has been super right. cooled over tens of thousands of miles, exactly. you're likely to lose at least a couple of sensors. Right, exactly. So, okay. I mean, any experienced or non-experienced yeah. guy that's replaced <laughs> a sensor knows how sometimes they don't come out. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say time-wise about, about the same. I actually enjoyed the portion of it okay you know especially being my first time i i, I enjoyed doing it yeah so. yeah it, it looked like it, it looked like a pretty reasonable job yeah um yeah i think you're right i think having a second set of hands for a few of those steps yeah makes <laughs> a lot of sense i'm sure again there will be guys out there who, who rig something up to do it alone that's great uh the easiest way to do it is to have a second guy yeah especially with few, the a few of the steps. yeah like, uh, right only a few i mean especially the two center pieces put in together trying to get the gasket lined in the v-band clamp yeah. i mean they made it a little bit smarter with the second piece. They put little tabs on it where it holds the gasket in place. Right. But then now you got to line the cones up. And <laughs> yeah, it, definitely a second set of hands for a couple of steps. I like it. But Awesome, man. We're excited. Guys, uh, as we get more data on this product, uh, we're, of course, going to be giving you more feedback on that. And we'll see if we can get somebody on from the company uh, to interview and tell us more about what our options are for aftermarket DPFs. I think it's a wildly interesting topic. Uh, and it's certainly going to be a... a a component to the kind of the future of some of the right. diesel performance that we work. Yeah, I'm excited. So. so I think this will be cool. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeremy. No problem. Have a good day. Listeners, stick around. Uh, we'll have a little bit more diesel performance podcast coming at you from Anthony and Chris talking about some diesel industry news. Industry news, Anthony Bernini. How are you, man? Good, Chris. How are you? Why are you smiling? I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> happy to hang out. I got some news for us. We were chatting a little bit before this started uh, recording, and we were talking about you know some of the Roxor stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess before we get into the Roxor uh, news, tell us a little bit about the Roxor and the Mahindra. You know, for listeners that don't necessarily know what that is. Yeah. So the Mahindra Roxor is kind of a it's an off-road utility vehicle. <laughs> a lot of guys we've seen are using them for like on ranches. Guys with a lot of property. Yeah. You can tow small trailers with them. They're small utility vehicles, reminiscent of that of a Jeep. Yeah. And if you do, I mean, I think if you search rocks, so you're going to see a lot of legality things yeah. come up. We've talked about it in the past on previous episodes, um, uh, talking about the new body style change for rocks, or because them and Jeep were going back and forth over, you look like a Jeep, you know, so they're going to try to make it not look like one. Mm. There's a lot of legal issues on that end. Now, one of the reasons why we started playing around with them over at the shop was because they're a two and a half liter common rail diesel turboed four cylinder. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I thought were unique is we were chatting about the the, the Kentucky Farm Show, mm -hmm. okay, uh, that they have in Louisville, and it's it's unique because the the Rockstar when it was first released here in eighteen. They were hitting more of like that side-by-side -side market. Now they're getting into the farm show space. Yeah. So, I mean, it's no secret, like, you look at Mahindra as a, a company. They do a lot with tractors. They do. That's and what they're known for in India. Exactly. Yeah. So, that they now that they came out with kind of this side-by-side -side utility vehicle, branches out into both, um, I feel like they're hitting both sides of the market. Yeah, smart. Um, so, I mean, you know, K&M, I feel like, has definitely ran and been the leader in those. And they Mahindra kind of got their foot in the door. Mm -hmm. So, being able to see... You go from one end, uh, you know, talking about farm equipment to you know side by side, something with a 
started with the five-speed manual trans, we're up to automatic transmissions now, mm -hmm. and then we got into the market space with tuning turbochargers, a lot of different kits, things yeah. like that. A lot of stuff in the past, so it's nice to see them at this kind of show, not only showing their farm equipment, but what else they do in the market okay. space as well. well. I think like the the Mahindra, the Rock Store, it does a really nice job as a crossover because a lot of guys that we work with are guys that, you know, they're ranchers, they have big properties, they need something to get uh, around the property with. Um, and they're pretty affordable, uh, they're really good fuel mileage, yeah. um, and they're pretty simple as far as, you know, working on them, and there's not a lot of like added gadgets and things like that. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things at the, the Farm Show 2022? that Mahindra brought? So, I mean, they had a couple tractors there. Uh, they had smaller units. I mean, they had a pretty sizable booth. Okay. And I've seen a couple, to uh, the show as a whole for a second, I've seen a lot of videos, because it was last week. Okay. It was down in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, one channel was Brian's farming videos. He did a big walk around, and right at the beginning of his video, he was at the Mahindra booth. Oh, cool. So on Mahindra Rockstar Off-Road Facebook page, they have a couple, two Rockstars there, one kind of like a base model, real yeah. bare bones, similar to like what we had in the past. And they have one with uh, what we talked about before, the full cab enclosures. Yep. It's talking about you know, adding heat into these, the full cab, the windshield, doors, everything like that. And then uh, they sponsor you know, a NASCAR, so they had that in the booth as well. I feel like to go fast. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, and it was nice to see them at the show. Uh, I mean, the National Farm Machinery Show down in Louisville as a whole was massive. Mm -hmm. Just the pictures and videos I've seen reminds me of when we went to PRI. Yep. Just every big name in the automotive field was there and then being able to transition over to the farm kind of in the off season. It was real cool to see everybody out there. That's well, exciting. I know that there was a little bit of a delay with Roxor with the legality stuff with Chrysler. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what that looks like as they are starting to, uh, you know, sell them again in, in the year of 2022. Um, no automatics, though. I thought that was interesting. That yeah. They're all manuals. But uh, yep. now nonetheless, the, the front end, the facelift, you know, it looks a little different. I don't yeah. know. Uh, have to grow on you a little bit. But I think it was like the, the newer body style, the Duramax, the 20 plus. Everybody yeah. initially was kind of like, what the hell is this? And then, I mean, <laughs> now you got like, a lot of guys who are more proficient, like, I want the 20 plus, I don't want the 17 to 19. So it's new, it's different. I'm sure it'll grow on okay. us and a lot of people as well. Oh, very good. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. Until next time. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs>